Hello there, I am Paul Church. I am your host of Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to all things talent attraction and talent retention. And today I'm joined by Gary Clark Strange, the head of inclusion and diversity at Green King. And we are talking around how to start building an inclusive culture and why. Um, Gary is someone I know really well. Um, we've had a number of conversations around DEI and uh, he always shares such useful content and great ideas and he's just really authentic and honest and i always appreciate the talks we have and i hope you will as well um, and if you're enjoying the podcast please do subscribe please do like please do share it with a friend keep the movement going we really appreciate it i hope you appreciate this episode here he is gary absolute pleasure to have you on talent and growth how are you doing I'm very good. Thank you for having me. A little bit hot today, but uh, all good. Yeah, I should note that um, this is the hottest day ever recorded in history in the UK, apparently. Uh, and Gary and I are bravely doing a podcast nonetheless. Um, so let's let's kick off, Gary. I think a great place to start would be um, if you could just share a bit about your background, career and journey for those who might not know you. Yeah, so I am, I'm currently the head of inclusion and diversity at Green King. My I worked in HR for majority of my career um, and started out into into the world of recruiting mainly, um, predominantly in in-house roles and actively started to become involved in diversity as a topic, as part of recruiting in the need for uh, basically to attract different styles of talents in, into the businesses I was recruiting for. Um, and that's where I guess I started really thinking differently about diversity and about talent. Um, and then as my career has grown, that's become something that has become not only something as part of my job, but absolutely my ultimate passion um to the point of now where um i'm i'm solely focused on that and and continue to 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 want to be focused in this area not just because i think it's grown um as a concept and as a topic over the last couple of years you know in in many organizations i just think it's something that is hugely important and hugely beneficial uh, so my experience today is across multiple different types of industries, um, everything from events and ticketing at Ticketmaster and Live Nation through to healthcare, working for an organization which was known then as Virgin Care. Um, and then most recently, uh, just before the pandemic and during majority of the pandemic, working for Manchester Airport Group. And I've been with Green King now for just over a year. So it's probably come up to about 15 months where I've been with the organization and you know, truly loving seeing what impact we can make on an organization the size of Green King and scale um, in terms of how we can start to raise awareness and really start to drive actions um, in, in the inclusion space. So, yeah, that's me. Tell us a bit more about the role you've got at Green King, I suppose, the mission, the vision and, and what you're looking to achieve once you, once you know, by the time you finish there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very realistic when it comes to where I'd like Green King to be at. Obviously, you know, the ultimate end goal is is to, to me, I, I work on the concept of everyday inclusion. And, and that's where our, our vision stands and our intent, where we create an environment where all of our people can feel like they belong at work and they feel included and they can thrive and they're inspired on a daily basis. But I'm also very real. Um, and, you know, that's something that I, I challenge myself and I challenge people in, internally in the, in the organization and, and externally as well around the reality of where companies are at with inclusion um, and the journey that we need to go on in order to, to get to a point where we really start to see everyday inclusion 
as a reality. Um, so I think if I, you know, if I, if I fast forward 10 years, I see the organization as somewhere which has inclusion at its heart, because that's the ultimate goal for me. And then as part of that has a more diverse representation across its workload, um, sorry, across its workforce. And together they marry to make, you know, what I really look as true belonging. That makes sense, absolutely. And of course, to, today we're today we're going to start talking about how. Well, sorry, we're going to talk about how to start building an inclusive culture and why. And I think um, it's tough to anybody, any business, to say they've got this nailed. Um, and I think the key thing is always just to be. Uh, for me, it's about you know taking people on that journey with you and kind of being honest about it as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. But diversity hiring is always big on the agenda. Um, but so, but let's just dial it back. Why is it crucial? that we start with an inclusive environment, first of all? Yeah, well, I think firstly, anyone who's saying they have it nailed um, is probably a little bit delusional. And I say that with respect to them um, because I don't think it, none of us know everything. Um, and there is no golden thread to to this topic um, or, or kind of, you know, answer to all of the questions. Um, and I think for me, why it's important to focus on the, the inclusive culture and help to create that is that it, it is creating that environment where your diverse talent can can thrive because you know it I've, I've mentioned this a lot in, in my career we could go out and and actively work to, to recruit diverse talent into your organization you know you there is ways and means to 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 attract diversity into your business and that's great and you know that's a whole different podcast in itself but if you're bringing diverse talent into an organization where the culture and the environment doesn't support them um, and doesn't encourage them to grow and doesn't make them feel welcome well then ultimately i truly believe in my heart that actually you're doing a disservice and damage to people's careers because you're not enabling them to come in and be at their best and you know to, to use the cliche bring their best selves to work um so you know i think there's a there's a way to merge them both where you can be focused on bringing in diverse talent at the same time as as working on your inclusion culture but it goes back to me and we'll kind of move on to how i think we, how you build it it's that open honesty from the start um so if you are bringing you know, if you are working with, with, with recruiters or, or, you know, internally or externally, and you're talking about bringing diverse talent into your organization, being honest about where the company is at on their journey is truly the first most important step to me. So, you know, if you go out with a message that is saying, we're great, we have this nailed, and you haven't, well, then, you know, you're, you're overselling something. But actually, if you can talk openly about what your intent is, where you're aiming to be and also how you're going to get there so clear vision and strategy around what the things are that will drive that change then i think that begins that open conversation where people may choose not will because it's may to join you on that journey and to be part of that journey towards inclusion um so i think that you know that to me is why the, I focus on the I before D, um, and I, I really believe that the, the, the front loading of work is working on the inclusive culture. I'm really, really lucky at Green King that I joined um, effectively 18 months into a complete culture change. So through a new CEO and a change in our focus around becoming a more people-focused organization and culture, there was a growing, I guess, uh, revolution towards that that people focused culture um, and what it enabled me to do because it was already in play as such was 
bring the concept of IND in. It wasn't new. There was things happening. There was offshoots of activity across the organization, which were amazing, by the way. But what it was lacking was kind of clarity on the why and how that enables the overall business purpose. Because in my view, inclusion and diversity shouldn't be seen as a standalone topic. It's an enabler and it will enable a business to achieve, you know, success and enable people to to achieve success so you know what we've really been focused on is as part of that overall cultural change is how embedding inclusion as a concept and an everyday narrative helps to drive that culture change forward so it is wider than just inclusion to me inclusion isn't the answer to everything when it comes to culture change but it can enable it and you know we've been really pushing around the activities that we run internally through to our you know, communications and how we talk about the journey and the narrative and the intent um, to, to start to, to sow that seed at people that we are on a cultural change journey. Um, but again, being really clear throughout that, that you know, we aren't perfect. Um, and what I love is that I don't think the words, I'm struggling to find a better word, but it's not bravery, but actually just that willingness to say, we are on a journey and we're not there yet. We intend to be is something that companies, I think, will benefit from because people see through from whether it's recruitment or when they're in, in role, they will see through false hope um, and lack of intent. So actually, you know, the ability and the willingness to, to talk openly about where they're at and sometimes the things that they're not good at as well as the things that they are good at will really help change that culture and that trust becomes then your also your enabler to to building inclusive as inclusion as as a concept because without trust in your organization you know you're you're really going to struggle and we've seen that you know internally and i i can't take the credit for it because it started long before i joined green king around how we wanted to capture diversity data um, to a point where now where we have just under 95% of our employees' profiles and we understand our diversity profile data. And that has enabled us to create a strategy that's real and it's based on data. But we wouldn't have got there unless we had already started enabling a culture of trust where people were willing to give us that data. And I think that then helps us to then start to build a really good, strong foundation for what the future culture change will be. It, it displays vulnerability as well, doesn't it? I think that honesty, and and I think we we've learned in the last few years that that's such an important trait uh, for leadership. But actually, as a company, displaying that vulnerability, that's gonna I think that's gonna it's gonna resonate with people, isn't it? And it's gonna get probably some emotional emotional investment and attachment you might not have had. Yeah, and I think you know also it, it, I, I use the terminology a lot about removing fear. Um, and I think sometimes people are scared of inclusion as a topic, and that's because they aren't allowed to be vulnerable um, or aren't allowed to admit when they've got things wrong or that they don't know um, things, you know, know about certain topics. And I think that exposure to that vulnerability enables that a little bit more people to be free. And, um, you know, by the way, we aren't fully there yet at all um but we are you know starting to have the conversation across our business that says it's okay not to know everything but it's better to know more so help we'll help you with that and we'll empower you to learn about you know different diverse characteristics or different people different experiences whatever it is um and that is you know i think that's a positive of that vulnerability where the message that don't be scared um 
is okay and you know we could go into a whole debate about privilege and etc and it's not being ashamed of what you don't know or what be, not being ashamed that you don't have lived experience in a certain area what's more important is you you know you learn more you become an ally you become an advocate of of, of that of the change i guess yeah absolutely and where do we go how do we go about assessing what our culture is, whether it is one of inclusivity, whether it's transformative or whether it's actually just a not inclusive culture at all. If you're a founder one day of a business, you're like, right, okay, what, what kind of culture have we got here? Where'd you start? How'd you find out? So I think there's, you know, there's a load of different answers out there. Again, there's no golden answer to that. There's everything from engagement surveys through to just going and talking to people um, and, you know, looking at whether it's data on, you know, I don't know, um, em employee issues within the organization, your turnover data, the number of open vacancies that you have might then highlight the fact that you you know, haven't got a culture that is attractive. So there's loads of different data points or different experiences. So I don't think you can kind of go and seek to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that and I'll know that there is a good culture. And again, I think, especially in large organizations, it's very, very hard to say it, depending on you know size and and I guess uh, let's say geography or estate size of your organisation that the culture is consistent across the board because reality is is it probably isn't um, so I think you know the starting point is really trying to understand your people more um, creating a baseline of data and then deciding on your intent and trying to take people on that journey with you and knowing and obviously having you know and again i'm not taking credit for this because there's some amazingly talented people in our organization who are really looking at how we build talents how we listen better um you know how we 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 you know educate and inspire our leaders to, to grow etc so it's not one person's job especially in an organization you know of scale it's a group of talented people who have to come together along with operations to make that a lived reality and it's not an easy win you know again i can only take credit for or not even take credit i can only you know be part of a small part of that wheel that that leads towards culture change um but again the more we talk about it the more it becomes a lived reality i think for our people and what's the blueprint for building that more inclusive culture so where you know where does it start maybe there is no end but where does it start i think it starts with you know looking at the people at the top of your organization and ensuring that they are engaged and embedded um in what inclusion can bring um and that then leads the you know the underpinning of in inclusion being an enabler to your overall business purpose let's be clear if you haven't got sponsorship at the senior level you aren't going to get far in an organization one of the questions you know i was asking myself as i was joining uh my current role was you know is this real is the culture change real and is the drive towards inclusion real and is it really embedded and and supported at the top and it was abundantly clear from day one that it was and to the point of you know within five months of being in role we had all of our exec boards in a room uh, meeting a group of people from our um, ethnic minority community who are going to be their reverse mentors for the next six months um and that's not an easy task to 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 get everybody on board um and everybody willing to again expose themselves be vulnerable learn about you know cultural differences to them and, and different lived experiences but if you have that that buy-in from from your senior leaders and then drill that down your organization then that is i think to me the start of the, the blueprint of how you make it real um 
there's the ongoing debate of you know top down bottom up it's got to be both um but i think the eat the starting point is really from from your top and they will create and breed the behavior out that you would like to see, especially from an inclusion point of view, um, across your organization. And how do we make sure we effectively take our business um, on that journey? I think challenge, right? So, you know, making people, it's it's a bit, uh, uh, the, probably the word I'm looking for is uh, brave. You might find a better word than that, but, you know, being brave enough to put people in scenarios or, or in situations where they will experience something that they haven't experienced before and, and potentially be challenged by that. So, you know, if I go back to the example of, of reverse mentoring, you know, enabling people to, to learn from different experiences, they can never unlearn that. And that's, I think, a starting point where you kind of build that appetite, but you've got to always be reminding people of what the end goal is. So we're not just doing this to tick a box. Um, because again, back to my point earlier on, people will see through that straight away. So you're doing it for an intent. You're doing it as part of your overall vision towards a your your you know for us it's our culture change and our business success, and then your you know your inclusion goals with within that that are underpinning it. When you marry those together, that that's when you start to see things working. But you've got to do it from a credible, real, real place. Um, I was you know hugely. I guess proud and inspired on day one of launching reverse mentoring that people, you know, fed back to say it felt real, it felt authentic, um, and no one was saying to me that this felt forced. And then I very fast forward eight months time when they then closed down and we met them all together to see those relationships build to where no longer was I seeing a room of strangers or a room of people who, you know had very very different lived experiences and different roles in the organization i seeing a room of friends um and people who had had a journey together which had shared some quite challenging experiences with each other but also had learned from each other that you know that again is starting to to create a movement and then again to follow that on it doesn't stop there so again we're not taking a box and just running one reverse mentoring cohort you run it again and again and you bring it down your organization and so that the more you can spread that understanding, the better. And it's, that's only one of different things that you run across your organization to make these things real. Uh, leadership training has got to be crucial in this, hasn't it? Because we can't just expect uh, our leaders to say, right, you all need, we need to make, build an inclusive culture. Right, you know, there's got to be training around that, hasn't there? Absolutely. And I think you know, one of the risks that a lot of organizations take is that they look at their either wider HR team or they look at their EDNI team, however they're, they're structured and go. So you you as a collective will make this a reality in the organization. And, you know, let's be bluntly clear, especially when you've got, you know, a wide cohort of people to influence, you can't do that. And leaders and managers are the only way to infiltrate and change culture and get people, you know, thinking in a more inclusive manner. So rightly so, you know, we are we're going back to basics and we're taking all of our leaders and managers over the next six months to a, a session on leading inclusively, which is part of the overall culture change and leadership program that's happening. So it's not standalone. It doesn't feel uh, like it is something that is just a one-off. It's part of a bigger culture change piece, but it's truly going to give people the tools and the thought process to think about their impact and how their behavior will affect others in the organization and how they will make people feel and 
for me, that's the exciting part because then I, I use the analogy that you're kind of giving them the tools to lead the revolution. Um, and that is, you know, effectively what you're doing. And it, it's much more authentic when you can do it that way. And especially in an organization like ours, where we have, you know, literally thousands of pubs and every general manager in those pub or every department head in our central services are like their own for want of a better term mini ceo and they will drive the culture in in that individual area so giving them the tools to think about how they can make that reality aligned to the green king strategy is crucially important um but again it's not just a one-day session it starts as a as a kind of here's your basic and then the continual rollout of further content, further training, further inspiration, engaging them in the wider inclusion conversation um, is crucial to making that land. And it's got to evolve anyway, isn't it? I mean, what, because what's inclusive today is not, might not be inclusive in two years time. It might look back and think, God, I can't believe we used to do that. So you've got to keep, keep the trainings going, haven't you? Absolutely. And, you know, language that we use now, terminology that we use now, we can guarantee that it will have changed in a couple of years time or, you know, concepts or the, the focus on, on, on different things. You know, one thing I'm really mindful of is that we look at inclusion for all. Yes, we have focus areas, mm. which we know either from a representation point of view or a um, employee experience point of view we need to work on. But actually we're creating an environment where all can, can feel like they belong. Um, and that's hard, um, but that allows you and enables you to, to evolve um, with the world because you know who know who knows what's around the corner if we were having this conversation two years ago paul it would have been very different to you know if we think now what are the the key things in, in the world um right now yeah absolutely and where, where else we've, we've touched on some areas i think but if we reverse engineer it where do, where do companies sometimes go wrong when trying to build a more inclusive culture I think not being authentic is, is a starting point and just thinking that it's an agenda um that is a standalone is is probably the, the kind of starting point of where they go wrong mm. and also not bringing people on the journey so one thing i'm hugely passionate about and, and proud about is our employee networks that we have so we have four employee-led inclusion groups right now within green king um and the authenticity that the employee voice has mm. in this area is crucially important and i think anyone who is ignoring that obvious benefit that that can bring or not engaging with with that voice um so again an employee network is not just there to run social events the employee network is there to inspire and engage and you know educate people but also as a really great sounding board and someone you know groups that i consult with a lot because i only have my own lived experience that i know and then other experience that i've become you know either influenced by or engaged with because of my, my role and my life, but I only know what I know. Mm. So to, to kind of gather momentum and get a really true wide voice, um, I think that that is crucially important. And then if I look wider, another area that people potentially might miss a trick on is not looking at the external market and whether that be what are your peer companies doing, what are your competitors doing, but also what are the external support services that are there mm. for you because again you can't know everything so on a regular basis i will be faced with something new and not know what 
not know myself how to deal with that i have to be able to either turn internally or externally to people who have lived experience or who experts who can help us with that um and i think anyone who thinks they can lead the agenda on their own um yeah you know they're, they're selling themselves up for a really hard task i'm sure you know you, there's lots of things we can all do on our own but the more that we share um and then i think the final point on that is a lack of data mm. It's really, really something that would hold people back because, again, it gives you credibility in your plans. When you know what your the issues you're trying to resolve are or what you're trying to solve, then it's much, much easier than going, I think we have a problem with female representation at leadership level, for example. Or I don't think we have enough disabled people working in our organization because I was out on the floor yesterday and I didn't really see anybody who was disabled. Well, you know, a lot of disabled people have non-visible disabilities so how do you know just by looking you need qualitative data that can allow you to make these decisions on how you're going to you know take action yeah 100 percent. and so let's 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 assume we've we've got that culture in place it's in a really good place in inclusive wise once we've got utopia paul utopia. Easy, right? we've nailed it we've nailed it where do where, where do we start with then diversifying our talent pools what, what are your kind of top line recommendations for that yeah, so I think having a plan to talk about it continually as you're going through the journey is the start of that, because what you're then building is your employer inclusion brand. You know, again, another podcast, and I'm sure you've talked about it many times with the people around your employer brand, et cetera, and that's, you know, amazing to build. And part of that, enabling that should be your inclusion journey so that you're starting to build credibility as someone who is working towards that inclusive culture. And I have a true belief that that will lead to people aspiring to want to work for your organization because they can see what's going on and they can see that it's real and authentic. That's not the answer to everything, okay? You know, you then have to go and start thinking about all of your inclusive hiring practices through to how you educate your managers, how you work with your recruiters, your external recruiters, your agencies, your recruitment process, all the things that come as part of getting great diverse talents in and the barriers you've got to, to remove. Um, but I think it starts from telling the story and being real with your narrative and then really thinking about having your your goals in place of knowing what you want to achieve in, in terms of diverse talent and then setting yourself realistic goals on how you will achieve that and realistic methods of doing that. You know, I, I think We've all probably, especially if I think back to my, my old days working in recruitment, you know, we've gone out going, you know, we must hire some more female tech talent. Great. You know, how? How are we going to do that is is the answer. Um, so, you know, real thinking around how you'll make that happen and engaging with, with, with the specialists. So, you know, again, I, I've been at the recruitment game for quite a number of years, so the recruitment teams know much more now about how to engage with talent than I do. Um, so my role becomes as inclusion as part of helping them to think about bringing diverse talent in is sharing with them what we've done, sharing with them what we'd like to achieve or what we need to achieve to create our diverse diversity workforce um, goals, but enabling them to do that and enabling becomes the word. Um, you enable other people to, to make that change. Um, and you enable people to make the decision that you are a good employer to work for when it comes to inclusion. So, Gary, look, we had lots of great content here, lots of great ideas. Let's let's put a bow on this. What, what's the what's the top three uh, 
tips from you around how to start building an inclusive culture? How, what are the headlines there for you? I think if I, if I kind of start from the top, know what you want to achieve. So have your end goal or your, in, your, your vision and your intent. Get people on board that you need on board, so your stakeholders. And then I think three, okay, I'm going to have two and a half make things happen. So I've only talked about a couple of things that we've done. So like, you know, I've mentioned reverse mentoring, inclusive leadership hiring, we can look wider to e-learning training, uh, you know, profiles of our people, inclusion events, national inclusion week, all the kind of everyday activities. So there's, you've got to make action happen as well or make, make activity happen. And then I think the third is talk openly and honestly um, and be communicating throughout. Perfect. Gary, it is always a pleasure to have a chat with you, even in the scorching heat on the hottest day in the history of the UK. Uh, thanks so much for being a, a part of Talent and Growth. What's the best way for people to contact you if they'd like to pick your, pick your ears on anything? Uh, LinkedIn, Gary Clark-Strange. Perfect. Thanks so much. Gary, thank you so much for being a part of TNG. 